seated. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much. God, I thank you for this opportunity to preach your word. I thank you, Lord, that as, as your word comes forth today, Lord, that it, it's not just my words, but it's yours. I ask that you anoint my lips, Lord, that you anoint my mouth, that you allow what comes out of me today to not just be me. It's not going to be just my opinions, but it's your word that's going to penetrate the hearts of every person that's listening, whether they're in the room or online. I thank you, God, that as your word says, and as we're going to look at this morning, your word never returns void, that you're watching over your word to perform it. I thank you that your word is living and powerful. I thank you for that. And Lord, as we look at your word today, I thank you for blessing us, touching us, and and that we're open to receive whatever you have to say to us. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. I want you to turn your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 5. Isaiah chapter 5, and that's what we're going to look at first. And then I have another set of scriptures that we're going to kind of piggyback off of that, and it's, uh, it's going to be a great message today because I'm excited when I get to, to expand upon God's Word in a way that shows you Old Testament and New Testament. I want you to know, as I set this up this morning, we're New Covenant believers. We're New Covenant believers. As, as a New Covenant believer, what that means is that we live under the promises of the New Testament. Now, we're in a season called follow. Uh, y'all know our phrase. Let's say it again. Say, it's a season, not a series. We're in the season called follow, and in this, in this group of messages, we've talked about following God. We've talked about hearing His voice. We've talked about knowing um, uh, you know, what, it's, what, it, what it means to hear from God. We've talked about the direction that God's le- God leads us, that he's good and he leads us to his goodness. Everybody say amen. amen. That he leads us to his promises. Everybody say amen. amen. If you missed any of the messages, you can go back and watch. Uh, this is our fifth week in this season. You can go back and watch parts one through four um, at your leisure. I would encourage you to do that. Um, but today I wanted to kind of continue in the thought of What's the direction that God's leading us in? In order for you to know, in order for you to know, let me say this way, in order for you to help discern what God's voice is, to hear God's voice in your life, it really helps to know the direction that God's heading in. If you're, if you're listening in the wrong areas, or if you're tuned into the wrong frequencies, thinking God will lead you into something he's not, you're going you're gonna to end up in, in trouble. You're going to end up listening to your flesh or end up listening uh, um, to your emotions. I read this, uh, or I got this uh, excerpt from one of Brother Kenneth Hagin's books. It says, what you need to realize is that God's thoughts are so much higher than man's thoughts. That's Isaiah 55, which you turn to and we're going to look at in just a second. And it is in God's word where you find his thoughts. Everybody say, it's in the word. Far too often, we're looking for God's thoughts on things, and we're looking in the wrong places. We're looking in the wrong places. We're looking all over the place. We're looking uh, wherever, but we're not looking in God's word. If you want to know what God thinks, he, he, he produced thousands of years ago a massive compilation of his thoughts. I mean, I mean, several authors over thousands of years, 
tell an interwoven story that's, perf- that, that's perfect. It's the unadulterated, uh, um, perfect word of God. We believe that the Bible is God's thoughts on paper. That, it, that yes, men wrote it, but they wrote it inspired by God. You know, you need to be able to defend the things that you believe. You've heard me, uh, and you kind of have to practice that. You've heard me say my, my phrase, I got it from someone else, of why I believe the Bible. And I encourage you to have a way to back up why you believe the Bible, why you believe the things that you believe. Because if you, if you believe something and you point to the Bible, you also have to know why you believe the Bible. If you haven't heard my phrase, it's this. I believe the Bible because it's a reliable collection of historical documents written down by eyewitnesses during a lifetime of other eyewitnesses that, that uh, uh, tell the story or, re- or, or recount of specific prophecies of miraculous nature that, that, uh, or miraculous stories that fulfill specific prop- prophecies and whose authors believe their writings are, um, are supernatural and not human of origin. That's why I believe the Bible. And I could break down every one of those points and tell you why I believe those points. Why I believe it's a reliable collection. Why it was written down by eyewitnesses during a lifetime of other eyewitnesses. Why the miraculous accounts and how there's, there's a, a backup of those accounts. I can tell you why I believe the Bible. So when I point to things today that give us promises of God, that tell us how we can know and understand him more, you know, it's not just, uh, um, this isn't just a, a book to make you feel good this week while you get beat up by the devil or while you just kind of meander through the world. This, this book is not just a book. It's a handbook for a blessed life. I have, I have, um, I'm a guy that likes to read directions. Do I have any men in here? Who, who does not like to read directions? You just go for it. I'm curious. You can raise your hand. Okay, a couple of you. You're just like, I'm just, bump the directions. I don't need them. I know how to build this thing. And you get that. Listen, if you get something from Ikea, good luck reading those directions. Those things are ridiculous. All the guys, a few pictures of people, you know, Ikea's a Swedish company. And so the, the way they even draw the picture, the picture people don't even look like normal people. The whole thing is foreign, and you're trying to figure out how to put this thing together. You need the Holy Ghost, fasting and prayer, and the directions to put something together from Ikea. But man, it's a great price, great, great product. But I like to read the directions. I, I really do. I, I, <laughs> we'll get something new and... And, uh, we'll, you know, we'll try to figure it out or whatever. And someone else will come along and, and they'll say, you know, oh, well, you know, why is it like this or whatever? And I'll say, well, that's what it said to do. I know I read the directions and, um, uh, I, you know, I know how it works. This is a handbook for profitable, blessed living. God wants you. He wants us to follow him from glory to glory. He's not trying to lead you into problems and dismay. He's not trying to lead you into, you know, okay, does God, the, the question might be asked, well, does God make me wait? I believe there are times where you, you may need to develop into your next phase. You may need development. When we moved here, let me just, I'll use the church as an example. When we moved here, I didn't know that COVID was coming. I didn't know what was about to happen. Um, I, I did not know all the things. 
uh, we had some stuff that was on our heart and we had very wise counsel of, of just things to do when we got here. Working through all of that was not God leading me to wait. It was, this was a season for me to prepare for, number one, I believe to prepare for COVID coming and to help get, you know, the church and everything through that season. And then the, the, uh, uh, to come out on the other side of it, to come on the other side of, of, of the pandemic better than when I started. And all of that preparation, you know, we, we use these churchy feel-good phrases to justify why you've been waiting for 23 years and haven't done anything. Ouch. I know. I know. I know. But, but it's true. I'm not saying you specifically may have done that, but I'm sure if you thought long and hard enough, you'd find somebody in your life that said some type of phrase that God spoke something to them and they're just going around the wilderness or they're going around the mountain or they're going through something and it's like God directed them to this, this, this life of, of cycle where, where, where they don't know, they don't know when, when it's going to ever end. And, and they are like kind of proud of it, excited about it. Listen, I know too much of the Bible to believe that for my life. I, I knew that the first year of this ministry was tough. I knew that it was requiring, and I'm still growing. I'm not trying to make it sound like I've made it, but I, but I made it from year one to year three. We made it through the pandemic. You see what I'm saying? Uh, we made a, a better connection to our home church and church family and all those things that, 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 that uh, I mean, I, I could go on and on. That's not really the point of the sermon. It's just a little mini story to set up the fact to tell you that if you misunderstand or 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 lack the knowledge of, man, God is leading me to things. Yes, I may not be able to see them. Yes, his ways or his thoughts may be higher than mine, but that does not mean I can't understand, number one, where God's leading me, and number two, how to get there. Everybody say this. Say, my life is not aimless. You will live an aimless life if you want to, but your life is not meant to be aimless. You know, I, there's a, I like leadership books and leadership stuff and, and listening to all that. I, 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 uh, I try to, of course, the Bible first, and I like to read books that, that expand on the Bible from great men of God to help me understand the Bible better. Uh, but after those two things, I really enjoy reading leadership books, listening to leadership podcasts, things like that. And uh, there's a great phrase in the leadership world, you will never hit a target you don't have. I mean, if you're going somewhere and you're setting goals for your life and you feel like, okay, God, I, 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 I want to know what's next for me or I want to know where to go or I wanna, whatever the question is. And you're saying, God, lead me and I'll follow you. You need to first have what's the target. My daughter, Kaylee, when she first got to talk, you know, we like going to the store target. But she didn't call it target for the longest time. You know what she called it? The oval store. Because in preschool, they taught her shapes or whatever. And so we went in, we're walking in, and she goes, oval, you know. And so it became the oval store. But it's not just an oval. It's not just a circle. It's a... All right, I'm, see, I was testing y'all to see if you're listening. Some of y'all was already shopping in your head. You're like, oh, yeah, I need to be on the Target app right now. They had that special. No, get out of your app for a second. Track with me. It's not just a circle. It's a, it's a target. You're not going to hit a target you don't have. You're not going to hit a goal you don't have. You need to ask God, God, what is my goal? Now, here's why I'm telling you all this and why I'm using this story of the first year of our ministry. 
Because during that season, although I was growing, I still had goals. I still was growing. I still was expecting God, what's in the Bible, I was expecting God to increase and bless my life. Not that I'm, again, not that I'm treating God like a vending machine, but his word tells me that he's blessing me, that he has blessing for me, that he has increased for me. He's expecting me to go up and not down, to be the head and not the tail, and I believe it. So even though I knew, okay, there are things in my life I'm working on, things in my life I got to get together, this is not going to be the rest of my life. This is just a season I'm in and I need some goals and some directions and a target to hit. Maybe I need a mini target to get eventually get to the bigger target. Maybe I need to have some target practice. Some of us want to hit the big target and we can't hit the small one. My son is going to be the next LeBron James. I'm just telling you. Why why are y'all looking at me like that? Nobody said anything. Is it because he's short? Y'all judging my son right now? He is short. But I believe he can, he can grow. The doctor said for his two and a half month checkup, the doctor said, you know, here's his height. Here's what they, you know, you, and people tell you that you can project it, but that's not necessarily true. He could be any height. And I said, amen. I believe it. Because the kid loves basketball. If you see Jamal, he's back there running a the camera. He, he's played basketball all his life. He's a great basketball player. He's, uh, how tall are you, Jamal? 6'5"? 6'5", big dude, and uh, he, he'll pick up Josh, and this is how it started, because we would we'd play basketball in the youth, and he'd pick up Josh, and he'd, dunk, he'd help him dunk the basketball. And so Josh just, you know, loved it. You know, he's surrounded by girls, two sisters, and now all of a sudden he's like, oh, ball, basketball, oh, this is awesome. So just two years old, well, he, he, we got him a little inflatable, one of those ones that go in the pool. You know, like an inflatable basketball set has an inflatable ball, an inflatable ring, and then the little ring on top. And, you know, you shoot the basketball. We got it for our vacation trip. And uh, actually, we have two of them because someone got one for us. So we actually have two of them in our house now because he loves basketball. And so the other day, he would play all the time. He'd tell me, Daddy, catch, catch, catch. And we'd play catch and stuff like that. But he always did it underhand. And he would stand like this far away, like right here to the goal. Yay! You know, I mean, anybody can make that. I mean, you can literally stumble, accidentally drop the ball, and make a goal. It was not hard, you know what I'm saying? Anybody can make that. It was not difficult. It was underhand, very simple. But this was back in the summer, so for months he's been doing that. And, you know, maybe it's because we started school and I got busy. I don't know how he jumped levels, but just, it was either Friday or yesterday, dude is standing in the living room gets halfway across the rug and goes, Daddy, picks up the ball overhand, shoots it. Like, I'm talking about, he actually, Jamal, bro, he had a little jump on him. It was a miniature jump shot. Like, I don't know if he actually left the air, like he, but it it looked like a jump shot. He, He went like that, and the ball bounced up, bounced around, and went in the goal. I came up off the couch. I said, oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. My wife comes out of the kitchen, what happened, what happened? I said, he made it, he made the goal. She's like, oh, I thought something was wrong. I'm like, no, nothing's wrong. Except our son's gonna be a, I mean, a, a NBA basketball star. That's the only thing that's happening in this house. This kid's anointed, yes sir. But he got used to making the little one. And he grew into, halfway across the room, overhand. What's next? I mean, whatever's next. I guess we got to get a bigger goal and a better thing. I mean, 
I got to grow with them, amen. I got I to gotta set the next target. We should be doing that. We should be growing in the things that we're asking God to do in our life, the, 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 the targets and goals that we have. And so what I want to share with you today is along these lines. Are you there in Isaiah 55? Let's read it. Starting in verse 6, Isaiah chapter 55, verse 6. It says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he, the Lord, will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. And then verse 8, this is, this is coming from God, it says the Lord, quote, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Now notice this next statement and how it plays into verse 11. So this is all one continuous thought. For as the rain comes down and the snow comes down from heaven, and it does not return there. Everybody notice that. Rain comes down, snow comes down, but it does not return there. But it waters the earth, and it makes it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. In other words, what comes from heaven is meant to bless the land and bless those that sow. It gives seed to the sower. Notice verse 11. So shall my word, so shall God's word be that goes forth from my mouth It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper. Everybody say prosper. Prosper. See, I love when I see the word prosper and bless in the Bible, because anybody who has an issue with that, I just point to verses like this and say, well, debate debate his word. Because he says that my word goes forth, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. The mountains and the hills, they shall break forth into singing before you, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Go back to verse 8. For my thoughts, they're not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. This, this phraseology, this, this quotation from Scripture might be one of the most misused misnomered statements in all of the Bible. Might, might be. I could argue that. Because people will take that statement and they, they will read it and quote it without a New Testament understanding. Now, I don't have time today to break down to you everything, but I'll give you the short of it. When Jesus was born, lived a sinless life, died for us, shed his blood, died for our sins, rose from the grave, He ratified a new covenant that you and I live in. When you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and you say, I believe he did that for me. I believe he saved me. I believe I'm saved. You are declaring that what Jesus did created a new covenant that you get to live in. And that new covenant, Hebrews tells us, is built on better promises. We looked at that several weeks ago. It's built on better promises. It also clarified, the new covenant did, clarified that the Holy Spirit is no longer pent up in the Holy of Holies, 
The, the veil that held the Holy, uh, the Holy Spirit there was ripped. The Holy Spirit came out. So it, it clarified that we all, when we accept Jesus, our, our spirits are made new. And we have a place for the Holy Spirit to abide in us and be with us. And Jesus clarified what the Holy Spirit came to do, to lead us and guide us into all truth. Can you say amen? amen. So what does all this mean? I, I want to clarify what it means that God's ways are higher than your ways, that his thoughts higher than your thoughts. And if, if you go back to my quote from Brother Hagin, what did it say? I'm going to read it one more time now that I've painted a better picture. What you need to realize is that God's thoughts are so much higher than man's thoughts. And it is in God's word where you find his thoughts. That's why meditating and feeding constantly on God's word renews your mind so your mind can come into agreement with your spirit. Paul wrote in the New Testament to renew your mind. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I want to tell you this morning, if you do not transform your mind, you will be conformed. If you don't transform, you will be conformed. It says don't be conformed to this world. Don't let the world form your thoughts. Don't let the world form your ways. Don't let your boss form your ways. Don't let your situation form your ways. Don't let the things that are happening in your life, oh, well, I have to do this because I'm boxed in. No, there's no box that this world can create that God is not big enough to break you out of. You are not bound by that. You are not fixated by that. You are not. You, there may be, oh, well, I made a decision. and I, Yes, maybe you did. Ask God to forgive you and ask him, how do I get out of it? God, I blew it. I made a bad decision. I made a decision that, that caused repercussions that I will live with forever. Okay, now we know the mistake you made. Ask God to forgive you. Figure out how to not do it again and ask God to help you not do it again. Then ask him to help you get out of it. Like you think he does it like, oh, well. You made your bed, you got to lie in it. Okay, but, but, but does, the, does that just discount all of God's word now? Do I have to lie in a bed that all of a sudden throws the Bible out the window? Or does his word still apply to me? Because everything the Bible tells me is that he is faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me of all my unrighteousness. So now my life may have, have repercussions for my prior decision, but with forgiveness, I can still walk in tandem with the Holy Spirit, have him lead me in God. So now he can only lead me into partial truth because I messed up 10 years ago. No. No. That's not what God's word says. Look, look at this. I, I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians 2. Because this will tie everything together. And then we're going to dunk some people in this baptismal pool. <laughs> 1 Corinthians chapter 2. This is going to sound very, very similar. And it's going to sound very similar because Paul, who's, who wrote uh, First and Second Corinthians, he's actually quoting Isaiah 64 at the beginning here. And your Bible would actually may be indented and broken into smaller sections because it's a quotation, depending on which Bible you're reading, which translation. He says in verse nine, First uh, Corinthians chapter two, verse nine, Paul is quoting Isaiah 64, as it is written. I'm reading from the New King James. But as it is written, I has not seen. That is not I as in me. It's talking about I, like your physical I, or you might even could say your spiritual I. That in, the, in any way that you can see, you have not seen, 
nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Now, before you go to verse 10, many times, either quoting the original Isaiah 64 or quoting Paul here, this is where we stop. This is where, this is where we stop. Because we like that part where I'm not responsible for much. If I could take the pressure off of me and the responsibility off of me and put it all on God, well, eventually, someday, somehow, God will bring me out. I mean, no eye has seen. I haven't even seen it. Well, that's true, but let me, I'm going to show you verse 10 in a second because you may have never read it because you may have just heard pastor after pastor after televangelist after popular preacher on social media after Instagram post say, well, no eye has seen, no ear has heard. It's very true. Totally true. It sounds very similar to Isaiah 55, right? My, my ways are higher than yours. My thoughts are higher than yours. But because in the new covenant, there's a verse 10. He quoted Isaiah 64. He quoted and is explaining, yes, that's true, that your eye, physical eye, even in the heart of man, of man, you haven't seen, heard, or even imagined what God has prepared because he loves you. But verse 10, oh, verse 10, verse 10 breaks it all down. But if you read it, if you put New King James up there for me on the screens, it says this, but God has revealed them, what is them? The things which God has prepared for us. But God has revealed them to us. I'm going to say it again. But God has revealed them to us. Ready? To us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Now, that should help you because we've been talking. Now, if you're, if you're new this morning, you, you might have missed the other sermons. Cliff's Notes version. We're a spirit. We live in a body. We have a soul. Everybody say it with me. Say, I am a spirit. I live in a body. I have a soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and emotions. All right, so th that's your, your chemical makeup. That's the three parts of you. He's saying what? Listen to this. For the spirit searches all things. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? In other words, who really knows you except for you? I, I say this phrase all the time. Ready? You control you. You control you. You cannot control other people. You cannot control the world around you. You cannot even control your spouse. You cannot control, you sure cannot control your kids. You can influence them. You can discipline them. The Bible says to train them up. You can train them, but you're not going to control them. God created us with free will. You control you. What man knows a man except for the spirit of man within him? Now notice this. Because remember, we, we looked for several weeks, and I didn't hit on this today, because this is a little bit of a different vein. What does Romans 8 tell us? The Holy Spirit bears witness with my spirit. Where does the Holy Spirit reside? In my spirit. 
Where does he speak to me? In my spirit. Where am I listening to the Holy Spirit for guidance? In my spirit. I'm, I'm connected to God in my spirit. He is not a man. He's a spirit. He's not a brain. He's a spirit. He's not dirt. He is a spirit. He is spirit being to spirit being. I, I know and listen to God. Listen to the Holy Spirit in my spirit. He says, what man knows a man except for the spirit of man which is in him. Even so, catch this, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received. Not will receive. Not one day receive. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we have received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit which is of God. The same spirit, he said, if you want to know how to know the things of God that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, it has been revealed to you, verse 10, by the spirit. And notice what it says here in verse 12. But the spirit which is of God that we might, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Do you see it? God has big things in store for you. He has big goals in store for you. He has big plans in store for you. Jeremiah 20, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. Your future is so bright. Just get excited for just a second, like you don't have, you know, a, a, a big weight on you and like the weak has crushed you. I want you to, the Bible says to cast all your cares on him. Some of us are, 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 uh, Fish, fishermen Christians where, where we cast our cares and we reel them back in. We cast them out like you cast a fishing line and then you reel it back in. Oh God, take this care. Oh wait, hold on, I need to wallow in self-pity. I can say that not to be rude, but because I've done it. Because I get a little bit more attention from my wife if I act like a crybaby. Can we be real? Can I just be real with you? Oh, I could act all big and, and tough and, and perfect, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm striving to be a man after God's own heart. And until Christ be formed in me, I'm striving. Yes, I'm working. And yes, I'm being, as a pastor, I'm held to a higher standard, but I'm not perfect. And I, I have to put my flesh under. I have to submit my spirit and say, God, I'm listening to you. And if I'm going to cast my cares on you, then I can't let the cares of this world define. No, you said no eye has seen. That means I may have not seen how to get out of this, but you've seen it and you're going to show it to me. Oh, that's so good. Do you see it? Do you see it? Do you see it? God has seen it. And what the spirit of God sees, he'll reveal to you in your spirit. He'll reveal to you. He'll show it to you. It's been freely given to you. Whatever solution you need, God's already supplied it. Whatever resolution is required for your life, it's already been written. It's already been written. It's already been supplied. It's already been, been uh, um, uh, collaborated on with God. He's already, man, he, the Bible says this. He knows the needs you have before you even know you need them. And then we get all surprised when we have a need. Oh, God told me to do this, and then this problem arose, maybe I missed it. Well, that's real, a real easy fix. 
Seriously, that's a real easy fix. If you have that question, if you're trying to follow God, something comes up and you're wondering, okay, wait, did I miss God back here? Did, did the devil lead me to do this? No, okay. It, it, did, did, did my flesh want to do this? More often than not, if it's a God thing, your flesh didn't really want to do it. And so if those two things are out the window, then God led you to do it. And if a problem arose, that is not God putting some challenge in your way. It's the devil trying to stop you from getting to what God called you to do. And the Bible says this, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. That whatever, whatever mountain is in my way, I can speak to it and tell it to be moved. He already told me how to exercise my faith to get through life. I just got to, I've got to know his word and exercise it and put it into practice. Apply it to my life and and, and let people know, hey, you know what? Uh, Guess how I got here? God did it. God God did it. I'm not anything special. That's why I'm, man, I'm so excited to tell you stories most of the time. Because I know it's not me. Like, I know, like, I, if, if I could tell you all of the mistakes I made and all the problems I've dealt with and all the things I've had to overcome. So when I tell you, uh, uh, you know, how God blessed us with whatever, how God helped one of our kids or helped us in our marriage or whatever, it's not because I think I'm somebody special, or I deserve something. I promise you, I'm not. And the Bible tells us clearly we're all of the same value. We, we may have a different function. I, as a pastor, I may have a different function. If I were an evangelist, I would have a different function. But, but, but the function doesn't create, we, we like to elevate the pulpit. We like to elevate, oh, well, if you're, if you're a singer, then there's something super special on them. I heard this story this week. Have any of you ever heard of Oral Roberts? There's a, there's a uh, school out in Tulsa called ORU, Oral Roberts University. I forget his first name. He had an interesting first name, almost as interesting as the name Oral. But O-R-A-L, that, that's what he went by, Oral Roberts. I mean, just amazing, amazing man of God. Uh, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, miracles, salvations, an incredible life that, that, that he served God in. Then obviously he started the school in Tulsa and his legacy lives on today. And so I heard this minister tell the story when, when this other minister, not Oral Roberts, but when this other minister started serving God, he said, hey, um, uh, you know, I, I, want, um, uh, I want to know more about faith. And so he asked somebody in his church and they said, oh, you need to go talk to sister so-and-so. She, she's like a patriarch in the church or whatever the word is. She, she's a, 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 a man, listen, she's a pillar in the church. That's what he said. You've got to go talk to her. So he goes and he talks to her and, and, and he's telling her what, what, what his questions are. And she stops him right in the middle of it. And she said, you're trying to get faith like Oral Roberts. And he said, well, I mean, that's not what I was trying to say, but now that you mention it, yeah, that's kind of what I'm asking. And she said, oh, well, you can't have faith like Oral Roberts. And he said, what? Now, if I told you who this guy was, you might know him. He, he's since gone on to, to, to be a, a well-known, he's written several books, uh, um, uh, massive worldwide international ministry. Um, he actually came through Columbia recently, which is how I heard the story. And so I, I was like, uh, he's telling the story and he, said, he says to the lady, what do you mean 
I can't have faith like Oral Roberts. And she said, well, well, don't you know what his name means? Don't you know what his name means? And she said, no, I, he said, no, I don't. Well, his name is Oral. It means, and she, she said it like this, the spoken word, the spoken word, the spoken word. And he's like, okay, so his faith is going to be greater because his name is the spoken word. His name means, and she said, yeah, his name means the spoken word. And your name is Jerry and walked away. And so he went home dejected because this lady who was supposed to be an expert on faith in the church told him that his faith was contingent on his name. And because he had a, according to her definition, a subpar name, that he couldn't have faith. Isn't that crazy? Because the Bible tells us that we're all given a measure of faith. We're all given a measure. The only one who had faith without measure or the Holy Spirit without measure was Jesus. The rest of us, we were given a measure of faith. It's up to us to exercise that faith. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 11, it lists countless uh, stories and people who, who were, were what we call faith giants, so to speak. They, they obviously had massive faith. The Bible talks about different levels of faith. Yes, you, you, you can use your faith. Or the Bible also talks about Jesus himself said, oh, ye of little faith, but you still have faith. And I'm here to tell you, it's not contingent on your name. It's not contingent on your past. It's not contingent on, on uh, um, your upbringing or, or your, the, the home in which you grew up in. It's not contingent on those things. Your ability to tap in to following God into being led by the Spirit, living a life led by the Spirit of God. It's not contingent on any of those things. It's contingent on you taking the Word of God, applying it to your life, and as it says in Mark 11, believing and not doubting. I believe on this and this alone. I believe that if God said it, it'll come to pass. I believe if he put it in his Bible, it's for me. Amen? Well, as the band and praise team loads, I want to just, just transition to, to uh, uh, getting ready for the, the baptisms. But I hope this has blessed you today. I hope that this, is, this has helped you, you know, because when you, when you think about your life from today going forward, I don't want you to ever think, man, I'm not good enough. God sent his son to die for you to make a right standing in your life so that you can stand before God and say, God, I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me of anything I've done wrong. I need the Holy Spirit to come in and reveal to me what my eye cannot see. Reveal to me what my ear cannot hear. Reveal to me what has not entered into my heart. I want to see what you have for me. I want to see what's next for me. God, lead me to what you have. Amen? Amen. If you're new today and you think, why does he yell so much? I'm just excited. I, I just, I'm just excited. I would say I can't help it. I guess I could, but I just, I'm telling you what, when I get to talking about the goodness of God and the blessing of God and all that, well, yeah, well somebody go get my, my wife and let her know we're going to do baptisms. Some of the kids are getting baptized, so we're going to bring them out. Um, listen, this, this, this sermon today, this message today was for all, every single person in this building, any age, any history, any background. And I want to tell you today that you, you 
are, are in a position as a believer of, of God, as a Holy Ghost believer of Jesus Christ, you have the ability to allow God to lead you and guide you into all truth. Can you say amen? amen. 